lost by his family in a pet store. Infant John Johnson was raised by dogs. Now an adult, he realizes he must protect the world from evil with his domesticated canine powers. He is... Dogman! Oh no! The League of Extraterrestrial Bad Guys has invaded Earth and is robbing the first bag of Parmesan! Whatever will we do? Alright you guys, hand over the money or we'll use our sheep rays to turn you all into haggis! At the mayor's office? Mayor Bloomville, we've got a hostage situation at the bank and the police are overpowered! We need to do something! There's only one thing we can do. We must get the help of Dogman. Send out the Dogman signal! It's me, Dogman! Dogman! Hey, you're the chief of police! Yes! I love you! Dogman! Get get down! Get down! Oh! Oh, it kicked me right in the balls! How can I be of service? The League of Extraterrestrial Bad Guys are back, and this time, they've taken hostages at the First Bank of Palmerstown. If we don't wire them $1,000, they'll turn everyone in the city into savory pudding containing sheep's pluck, which is made of heart, liver, and lungs. Oh, Dogman, why are you just staring at me like that? I think he wants some of your burrito, ma'am. You can't have my burrito. Be polite, Dogman. Later! Dogman, you've done it again! The League of Extraterrestrial Bad Guys has been defeated! How on earth did you ever do it? I use the only weapons anyone needs. Bravery and integrity. Actually, ma'am, we found evidence of a massive torrent of fleas and ticks all over the villains. They have all died from the itchy scratchies. You've demonstrated that you'll do whatever it takes to protect us, Dogman. Good boy. Dogman? Dogman? Ma'am, I believe he's marking the filing cabinet. One more pass. Uh, okay, one more pass. Maybe just one more pass. And marked. Dogman! Hello and welcome to Stinger Madness. I'm your host, Justin. I've got Sam and I've got Jackie here. As always, how are you guys? I am well. Good, Jackie. I got pants of a pints. You got the you, you got a case of the itchy scratchies? I do. You've been hanging out too much with Dogman. So we got a fun episode. We'll just skip over that. Dogman business. Lots of info today. This is the infotainment episode, basically. Because Wait, I thought this was only 30 minutes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we did not watch any movies on Netflix or Amazon or YouTube last week, so we have zero streaming do's and don'ts. We talked. We watched one. Uh, we did. We watched Joe. Joe, which I is a good. Is yeah, a I wouldn't consider a movie. stinker. Uh, I would recommend it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, me too. I would also. Yeah, I like whatever David Gordon Green. Okay, and it was you know it was pretty all right. Nice. Yeah, it was okay. It was all right. Uh, it was nothing without Cage. He totally no, cages he, he out. Make, he makes... I think it's sort of the... I think the project may have been, even though it was based on a novel, sort of built around him. Yeah. Yep. Nobody warned me about him caging out, and I wasn't expecting it. And when he did, I was like, whoa! 
the hookers. That's yeah. what they listen for oh, that sound. Him yelling about the dog. <laughs> that dog is an asshole. <laughs> that was great. That was a great line. Did any of you guys uh, catch the 40 anniversary of Saturday Night Live on Sunday? I saw the last half of it. I did. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, it was pretty good. Kind of, uh, kind of maybe a little misty-eyed, a little melancholy. I was talking to Jackie about it afterwards, and I'm wondering because 40 is not a very sexy number. Like it's not. 25 and 50 are the sexy numbers. Yeah, 75 and 100. Are they doing it now because Lauren's just going to retire? I mean, or, is he going to make it another 10 years? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think the, the major thing that bothered me about it was when they made this big how-to-do about Eddie Murphy. And they, then he came out and was like, thank you. Commercial. See you later. <laughs> yeah, it was like, thank you for clapping for me. Fuck you all. Commercial. I read a, uh, a story that he was... They were going to do a skit with him, but he was going to be Bill Cosby... Ooh. Getting, being the Bill Cosby that date rapes women or whatever, uh, and oh. he was like, "Fuck you guys," yeah. <laughs> Which I would have done the same Fuck thing. Fuck you guys. Is so right. uh, you just got him up there. Did Murray didn't do anything except for the one? He did his uh, the Jaws song. Yeah, the, the oh. theme to Jaws. That was funny. From uh, what's that guy's name? You know, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Yeah. The lounge singer that sings uh, movie theme songs don't have theme songs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he did that. I thought that he nice he did a nice job when they showed the sort of the obi- the photographic obituaries of everyone at the end. Yeah. He was like... Love that, it. Uh, no, that uh, General Franco was mm. still dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That he'd been reporting that for years now. Yep, he's still dead. That actually was the only time that I, I belly laughed. Yeah. During the whole thing. I thought it was a good time. I thought it was a nice tribute. Um, I've got some stuff here regarding the last 40 years of Saturday Night Live. Mostly, actually only, their movies. I've done some homework here. I've got the list ah. of every Saturday Night Live movie ever. Well, that fits into the theme of this podcast, does it Pretty not? Pretty much. Uh, there's some stinkers. There are some real stinkers. Oh, there is. So what I have done is I have two lists, the good and the bad. I've right. taken the Rotten Tomatoes percentage and the IMDb user score, totaled those together, and then split them at, split the total in half, giving an average. So okay. So an average score for both of them. All right. The good. Sure. The highest rated Saturday Night Live movie of all time is 1980's The Blues Brothers. Yeah, it's not a surprise. Not really. 87 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, an 8 on IMDb, giving an average score of 8.35. That's high praise for any movie. High praise. Yeah. Especially for a comedy. Either of you guys done that? The Blues Brothers? Yeah, I've, yeah, seen, I've seen it a number of times. I, re- I referenced it last week. With yeah, the, I think you did. I've always loved you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Falling from the Sky. It's great. Probably about 10 that's years. That's really the funniest thing that happens in that movie, though. Yeah. Actually, Princess... Uh, What's her face with uh, M16 is pretty funny. Yeah, and that is a good joke. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Number two, Wayne's World. Yeah, I was going to guess that. 1992, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 kind of low on IMDb. I was kind of surprised about that. For an average of 7.75, still mm. a solid score for com- comedy. Number three, would you like to take a guess? See, that's is, this is more difficult. Not at the Roxbury. No. Wayne's World 2. Okay. Should have been also clear. 1993, Ronda Rando 60%. Quite Ouch, the drop. That's a drop. Yes. IMDb 6.1. And I think both of those are fair scores for that movie. It's not that good. An average of six. Number four is uh, this is where it's getting dicey. 
Dicey. MacGruber, 2010. I think MacGruber is funny. You do, indeed. Most people do not. Uh, going for the actually, turkey. Actually, more people do. That's yeah. why it's in the good call. Yeah, there you go. Is because... Most people do. Is it 51%? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 47%. Uh-huh. IMDb gives it a 5.4, which averages to a 5.05. It is barely above average. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's my opinion of the whole thing, is that if it wasn't for the fucking scene, it would be a 3. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was just so goddamn funny. Yeah. The throat ripping out is pretty the funny. Going for the turkey like, is funny. Going for the turkey and in, the Blahpunk stereo and the Mazda Miata is funny. It's unfortunately, I because I watched it with the uh, commentary on, mm-hmm. I feel it's a lot like Cannibal the Musical. It's funnier with the commentary on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see so that. I have a little bit kinder view of it because I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, the shit out of it with the commentary. Mm. Now the bad. Blues Brothers 2000. 1998. Rotten Tomatoes, 45%. IMDb, 4.8. For total, average of 4.65. I have never seen Blues Brothers 2000. It's terrible. Yeah. I have not seen it. Yeah. Would you put it... What would you rate it as? I would give it a 4. Yeah, alright. So 4.65, you're right in there. Coneheads. Oh, oh, God. That no. movie sucked. Best but You know, uh, however, it did give us one of the best Red Hot Chili Peppers songs ever recorded. Was that... Uh, Soul to Squeeze. Yeah, it was Soul on the soundtrack yeah, and it was recorded for the movie. Also on Red Hot Minute, wasn't it? No. Oh. It was There's only not on some good, Yeah, it's only mm-hmm. on There's not... Uh, that was the last thing that Frushani recorded with him. Doesn't really say anything about the movie. <laughs> his comeback, yes. I'm just, I was trying to give you a silver lining on that dark cloud. Rotten Tomatoes, 34%. IMDb, 5.2. Mm, high praise really from the users. High. Yeah, for a total average of 4.3. Don't like that movie so much. Superstar, 1999. Yes. I love this one. Rotten Tomatoes, 32. IMDb, 5. Another disparaging margin, actually equal to each other, for an average of 4.1. I have never seen Superstar. I was not a fan of the Mary Grace Margaret, or whatever the hell her name is. Oh, it's funny. She makes out with a tree. She mm. smells her armpit stink yeah, like I mean, 15 times. Yeah, the joke was told one time, and it was, it was funny-ish once. And her panties showed. Yeah. Yep, and... She joins a dance competition to be in a Christian movie with good moral values. It was a good movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And they Which, do the fax machine in it. Ooh. Will Ferrell does anyway. Fax machine. Like butt cheeks or... What, what, fact, do it's the a fax. dance. It's like with your arms. Oh. Like kind of doing the snake thing with their arms. That sounds bad. Or the fax machine. Number four on the worst list. Stuart... Saves his family. Yeah, that 1995 was Ooh. actually unviewable. I, which is kind of a surprise because Al Franken's a really funny guy. He is. That movie's terrible. I haven't seen it, and I didn't even know that one existed. 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb 5.3 for a total average of 4. Even. Huh. A Night at the Roxbury, 1998. Ron Tomatoes, 11%. It is a lot funnier than Stuart Saves His Family. IMDb, yeah. 6.2 for an average of 3.65. I think it's getting a little thrown under the bus. It is not good. No, but it has a following. Yeah, it does. I think it's I think it's a solid 4 is what I would give it. Emilio! Yeah. I tell that joke. I tell that joke on this podcast. Absolutely. The Ladies' Man, 2000. I watched it, and I don't even remember what happened. Rotten Tomatoes, 11%. IMDb, 5.1. Again, average 3.1. 
Last but not least, the worst Saturday Night Live Pat, Pat. movie of all time is It's Pat the Movie. Mm, yes! I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't know they made a movie out of that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I saw that. 1994. Who the hell is it? Julia Sweeney? Julia Sweeney, ah. indeed. Rotten Tomatoes, 0%. Ouch. <laughs> IMDb, 2.6. Ooh. It I is almost in the was... bottom 100%. Or the bottom IMDb, bottom 100. I thought that movie was better than Coneheads. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't I'm see surprised it. that Coneheads, Coneheads is, is pretty high. Uh, an average of, well, 2.6 for It's Pat. <laughs> Not good. I've mm-hmm. never seen It's Pat. Uh, it's borderline bottom 100. We might have to take a look at it. Yeah. I don't think it's an episode, but we might just have to no, I've watched it. check it out. It was worth watching. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel that way about Stuart Saves this His Family. This is my boyfriend. His name is Chris. Joke's over. Yeah. There's no more there. Are you a boy or a girl? You know who needs a Saturday Night Live movie mm-hmm. is... Uh, Chris, Kristen Wiig's little hand. What is her name? <gasps> That's what I was thinking, too. Oh, no. That would ruin that shit. Well, no it, for all the shit that gets a movie, yeah. she needs one. Yeah. Well, We're she, on the Lawrence well, she Welk show. One. She's in, like, all of the movies Yeah, but now. she's in all the movies, but she doesn't... Like, Not from her Saturday Night Live characters, no. No, and, and that's one of the funniest things... I've seen. Yeah, it's on the Saturday Night Live. Show, Little Hands is, is yeah. That was the first skit I ever looked up on YouTube because I thought it was so hilarious and I showed it to so many people. It's been odd because Saturday Night Live is such Judy. A, Her name is Judy. Yeah, there you go. It, it, there's such a thing with Saturday, like Saturday Night Live doesn't have enough black people, it doesn't have enough women and all that, but when you really think about it, even though maybe women have been unrepresented, is Kristen Wiig really the funniest person that's ever been on that show? Now... I just listened to a podcast about this. Um, huh. They made two very good arguments. That, yes, she is. However, it's interesting because you always have to consider Tina Fey, who is mind-numbingly brilliant. I think Jan Hooks is really funny, too. However, she has taken herself out of that category because both Christian Wig and Tina <laughs> Fey... Too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Uh, are, are both writers. She was never a writer. Uh, she's and still fucking So funny. that's why Tina Fey still holds the crown is because she's written more yeah. than Kristen Wig is. But she's starting to write quite a bit and she's really fucking funny. Like, she's, she's really, stupid funny. She's really funny. I though. would... I, if anybody said to me... That neither of them should be considered for the funniest people on Saturday Night Live ever. Not funniest women, funniest people. They're, they're the they two. can go fuck themselves. Yeah, they're the funniest oh, yeah. two people. But I think that I've laughed harder, at, even though I think Tina Fey is brilliantly funny. She sometimes is so funny that you can't laugh at it because yeah. she's just so smart. Right. But yeah, they're the funniest people that have ever been on that show. Everything that Kristen Wiig I, does I totally is, think, though, hard. that Tina Fey was the best anchor that they've ever had that yeah, I've actually yeah. enjoyed watching yeah, because she that. is so brilliantly funny that when she does the news yeah like you she kind of pauses at the end of her face is like did you get it yeah I need more <laughs> Tina her, her timing her comedic timing is very good uh, we have to move on because we are hot and we've got a new segment we're gonna do a little uh, little what I like to call pop quiz hot shot pop quiz hot shot there's a bomb on a bus so this week on Pop Quiz Hot Shot are movie terms. Now, Sam may have a little bit of leg up on you on this one, Jackie, because he's worked as a director 
and is a cameraman for quite a bit. But My I'm first gonna, answer is Fluffer. Fluffer is mm. not one of the uh, <laughs> Question the four. <laughs> uh, we're going to start out easy with movie terms. Sure. Can somebody tell me what the dailies are? Okay. I know what it is. Go ahead. Um, those are the daily actions required to make a movie. No, the dailies used to be when you would get the film developed, because you actually did develop film, that the next day you would look at what you shot yesterday, first thing in the morning, and that's the dailies. The first positive prints made from the negative negatives photographed on the previous day. Point Sam. Damn it. Now, a little bit of uh, tougher stuff. A squib. <gasps> oh, oh, eh. Jackie? Yes, rain in before you, Sam. That's okay. right. I might not have all the answers, but my ringing is faster. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, okay, it was a squibber? Squib. That's somebody who's uh, correcting the scripts as we go. Not a bad guess. The uh, It's the little explosion pack that blows the blood out in, in fake gunshots. Ding, ding, ding! Sam gets another point. Fuck. Dramatic irony. Ooh. <laughs> just, just go ahead. Make a guess, Jackie. Okay, um... I need to go first because I'm probably going to be wrong. It's like a Shakespeare play that turns into Not at the Roxbury. Kind of could be, but n- what? No. What? Is it might be correct? No. Oh. Sam? Ooh, now you're making me rage. Dramatic irony, I, I think, is when you have the uh, the main character or the main plot of the film is, or the main character is accidentally, his pathway is made by the events in the film in a way that he was never intend in personally intending to go, something like that. Um, I think my I give you negative one point yeah, for was, a non-answer. Yeah. I think my answer was better on that one. Yeah, um, you're probably still going to be like, well, that's kind of right. Uh, it, dramatic irony is an effect felt when the audience learns something before the characters on screen do. That's what I oh. said. Shakespeare turns into Night Roxbury. Kind of. Okay. Eyeline match cut. Eh. Uh, that's when two people, when one person has a twin on screen, and they cut the film in half so that they can stare at each other in Ooh, the sequence. Not a bad not guess, bad. It's when but you, that is not correct. When you uh, have two shots, when you're cutting back and forth between two people, you have their eyes, you can actually draw a line between the two shots so that they're looking in the same axis point. Sam gets another point. Damn, I was close. Christopher Lambert is a master... Whoever edits for Christopher Lambert, the eyeline match cut, because he can't see shit and God knows where the hell he's looking. Now we get into people that work in film. So we're going to start out with just some simple ones. The best boy. The best... Go ahead, Jackie. <laughs> just go for it. Uh, the best boy is usually the, the labor master of all the grips. Oh, I thought these were like characters. No, no, no. These oh, are people okay. that work work in fi- on, on the film. Oh, okay, okay. The next... Three after the, the, the best labor boy. manager. Jackie, would you like to take a guess? The best boy. The best boy to get sandwiches. Mmm. Mmm. Well, kind of. Sandwich getter. Uh, that's not. This is kind of his job, I guess. The best boy, which I will award Sam a point, is the chief assistant, usually of the gaffer or key grip, in charge of the people and equipment. Sandwiches could be equipment. Yes. He is the best Half boy. Point. To get sandwiches. Half point, Sam. Hmm. And in charge of scheduling the required quantities for each day's work of sandwiches. The gaffer. The gaffer is the electrician sometimes. It's the first assistant to the cinematographer that's moving the lights around, basically. Jackie, 
Would you like to... Uh... Or the chief of the electrical department. A gaffer. Sounds like somebody holding the microphone. Mm, okay. You almost only got half a point until you said the chief of the electrical department. He is the head of the electrical department, responsible for the design and execution of lighting for a production. Okay, so I think that you should just start answering first. And then I'll just elaborate on what you said. <laughs> Expand. You're like, yeah, I get points too. Uh, the grip. Oh, beep. Yes, this is the person that holds the microphone. <laughs> this, the grip, he, he has a grip on the microphone think, boom mic thing, and he's holding it about people. Like in that one shit movie that we just watched where it kind of fell into the scene. You know, that's, that is that is a job in the film. It actually has a really simple description. It's grip. called the boom mic operator. Yeah. 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 Oh, damn so, it. Nope, not a grip. No, the grip is a, is a labor position. It's somebody who basically carries things. The grip is a skilled person responsible for the setup, adjustment, and maintenance of production equipment on the set. He's basically the roadie. Yes, the Sam movie. said he was an idiot, so well, no I've point. been a grip and they just made me carry things. No points. In a, there is actually somebody who just carries things, and uh, he is not the grip. I have that. Oh, you actually, if you, I, I should have amended that. You touch important things uh-huh. when you're a grip. If you just carry boxes of shit, you're not a grip. If you're handling wires and shit like that, you're a grip. Yeah, exactly. You have to be. Uh, you can't revise your answer, sir. All right, sorry. No <laughs> points, but I know what I'm talking. The about. last, I've the been last one before. One, the last one for today. Okay. Is going to be. The key grip. The key... Okay, go ahead. Yes! Okay. The key grip, Justin, is the guy who is the head of moving all the electrical cords. He is bossing around all of the other grips. Not a bad guess, Sam. Uh, The key grip is the guy in between that does everything that needs to be done in charge of the labor underneath the gaffer and the cinematographer that organizes all of the skilled labor. Uh, I object because he's using words that I've never heard before. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that's, uh, overruled. Uh, you are correct again, Sam. The key grip works closely with the director of photography and the gaffer. You said cinematographer, but I'll, I'll let it slide with the director of photography. And the gaffer to sculpt the desired look of a film by diffusing and cutting the light. The key grip is also in charge of camera movement whether on a dolly, camera crane, or mounted on the hood or bumper of a vehicle. That's it. I'm doing the quiz next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you laughed now. That one was a loaded quiz. Yeah, it was yeah. a little. You made me look like an idiot. Well, we have some fun stuff later that I think that neither of you guys will be able to get right. But we are out of time on that, so we will continue that at another point in time. Sam, tell us about Catwoman. Oh, wow. Sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Oscar-nominated Halle Berry. Oh, God, I'll get to that later. <laughs> I've got chafing on my crotch. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll get to that later. <laughs> well, Catwoman was uh, made in 2004. We mentioned this in our last point five because she ducked out a Geely like a, like a coward. <laughs> Pussy. Actually, they Cat. probably just replaced Meow. her because her ass wasn't big enough. Those yoga scenes were very complicated. She wasn't boning Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. He wasn't Ben L.A. It was Benifer. Could be Benbury. Helen, which is just Helen. Burflecked. Oh, boy. Mm. Directed by Pitoff. Pitoff. Is that one name or two names? Yeah, the dickhead that directed this goes by Pitoff. Just one name? Name is Peter Off. Pitoff. 
Pitoff. P-I-T-O-F Pitoff is he really only the pseudonym of Jean-Christophe Comar. Oh, you should have let me guess. Pete. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're fucking stink. Oh, just wait. Jesus. We'll you get don't it. get to okay. have one name, Pete-off. All right. Known professionally as Pete-off. And then hold your comment until I get... Because we can talk about that. So, Pete-off smashed into the scene with his supernatural thriller, V-Doc. V-Doc? Which has a Q at the end of it. Yes. Uh, it's got a following. Uh, I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. I have had a bad time with the sort of medium low budget French films that involve special effects. I have not cared for them. Gotcha. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen this, or I haven't seen his other film, a Romanian production that was made for TV in English called Fire and Ice: The Dragon Chronicles. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of so. Familiar. What yeah. you're saying is but you it don't like, like all the other dragon movies. You don't like the special effects of croissants flying in through the air. Yeah, that's Barely really... missing somebody's forehead. Guys fighting with lighted baguettes. <laughs> Cats and <in> berets. <laughs> Take this, it has butter and cinnamon on it. Sac- I hope it burns your eyes. <laughs> Just some superimposed young Jerry Lewis. Sacre bleu! <laughs> Speaking of the, the French special effect films that I didn't care for, here's one of them. He was the special effects supervisor... On City of Lost Children. Okay. Did you see it? No. Uh, I don't even know what that is. I didn't like it even though it had plenty of Perlman. Would you be professionally known as something like Pitoff? I would not. Even if I had the right to have only one name, I would certainly think of a better one name than Pitoff. Or Pito or Poffet. I don't fucking know. It's Pitoff. I would do something cool like like Zap. Or This is... Boss guy? When I, uh... That's two words. Uh, I sometimes I like to look at how people like to see themselves talked about. Uh-huh. This is one of the ways that he has been listed on many websites. Pitoff was born Jean-Christophe Comar on July 4th, 1957 in Paris, France. Born on the 4th of July, motherfucker. From an early age... Did he have legs? He did. Okay. It's French. <laughs> he doesn't care about the 4th of July in France. Okay. Uh, well, you know, it is figured born on the 4th of July. He doesn't even eat French fries. He eats potatoes julienne. Ooh, those sound yeah. like French fries. They are. Yeah. Uh, from an early age, he harbored an interest in photography. As a teenager, he built a photography studio in the basement of his parents' house, and he landed a job as a photographer's assistant. You know what? That's fucking neat. Like, why would you... Like, you've directed three films, and uh-huh. this is how you're going to lead off your bio? I I hope this isn't a Bible that you're... Because it's this seem... No, like I'm done. Is, oh, that's it? That's it. That's as much as I would... Yeah, but that's pretty much it. Okay. No, here's wait, the thing. Wait. He's interested in photography at a young age. Oh, guess what? 86% of directors did the same fucking guess thing what? At some 86% level. of kids Yeah, the exact same thing. Every Christmas asked for a new camera. Yeah, every yeah, time you and I, pictures. I started out with one of those little rectangular guys. You put the film in, you wind it up with your thumb. It wasn't fancy. I got one of those and I did nothing but take dick pics. Dick pics. I yeah. took a lot of pictures of my thumb. <laughs> I, I, if I scanned all of my dick pics, I would easily eclipse anything that's on the internet. Well, it's probably already on the internet because all of the people that did the, oh, the that's developing yeah, would the take Walmart, their own. The Walgreens. They would take their own versions of your dick pics. And draw God smiley knows faces on them. Where you shit. might be the biggest celebrity in the I Philippines could right be now. My penis. Mm-hmm. Hooray! It's good I mean, for something. One day you're going to walk into a bathroom. You're going to whip it out. Some guy's going to be looking 
hey, you're wiener, and you're going to want to be like, hey, cock watcher. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hurry up. He's going to look at me and be like. And move along. He's, he's like, gonna... I know you. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, this film was written by John Bracanto and Michael Ferris. They were both editors of the Harvard Lampoon. Right. That's the mm. Harvard news, the Harvard comedy newspaper. Yeah. I bet you that's as funny as the German <laughs> That's what I was thinking, Yes, too. we are funny, too. Don't you see? And Scheiße is in the boot. It's funny, yeah? Uh, anyway, they exploded into our living rooms with such hits as Watchers 2 and Blood Fist 2. Mm. Wow. After that, they eventually made some films that people besides us have heard of. Mm-hmm. Here is a select few. The Net. Right. The oh, Game. Ooh, with uh, Michael Douglas. Yes. Well, Go ahead, Jackie. The Basket. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> just checking. Terminator 3. Oh. Ooh, Terminator 4. Oh. oh. Primeval, which you haven't heard of, but it has a following oh, on... Oh, I've, uh, heard, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard yeah, of Primeval. Yeah, the Primeval's got a following in horror fans. Sure. Uh, surrogates... And With uh, Bruce Willis? Yeah! Not very long ago, yeah. And Triple X 3. Is it... Triple X the third or three X's is that three? The, that's the one with Cube that we just watched. Isn't no, it? that's oh, okay. two. Oh, thank God. They brought back. Uh, I believe they brought back uh, Diesel for the third one. I'm not sure though. I didn't care to look it up. I just wanted to be like three X's and a three. That's funny. We got to work with that. It even says that on my notes. Proceed, sir. Well, uh, Halle Berry was trying to disassemble her career at this point. Indeed, she was. This followed Gothica, and it's three years removed from Monster's Ball. Let's talk about Monster's Ball. Monster Balls. 14 years later, why is she... Because di- she had to give a guy a bluey no, in real No, she life. didn't. She they fu- it was an interracial couch fuck, and that's Oscar, Oscar Gold, apparently. Is it? That movie's not it's very good. It's not very good. It deals with some heavy subject matter, yeah, yeah but... Yeah. And I think that's another thing, like... 2000s, how I said last episode, the 2000s are riddled with, like, something for everyone. So apparently just dealing with heavy subject matter made it a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, can we get back to Catwoman? And one B-lister. Or is there just nothing about Catwoman on the internet? Why is Halle Berry's in it? <laughs> one B-lister banging another uh, B-lister. It was made by Petoff, not... and Halle Berry was in it. The end. Oh, John Bracanto and Michael Ferris. <gasps> Ooh. And all of the films they made. Benjamin Bratt is also in this film. Ew, he was almost somebody. He sucked pretty bad in Demolition Man. Mm-hmm, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Sharon Stone is in this. She's I've sucked, seen her beaver. I bet you she dies. She sucked pretty bad in quite a few movies. She cannot stay alive. She's like uh, the 1990s female version of uh, Sean Bean. Yep. <sighs> So this shit cost $100 million. What? <laughs> That's impossible. Yes. Was it paid to talent? Because there, there's no, like, it's not fucking Star Wars. So at this time, top, like, this is around when Carrie had just been like, people wouldn't pay $20 million for an actor anymore because of Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Right? So you know she's not making $20 million. So yeah, this shit cost a hundred million dollars. That's like, did they take two cameras that are one analog and one digital and then duct tape them together and film the movie twice and just waste all the money? How did they waste that much money? Super special effects. And they probably, because of those leather pants, had to uh, push out some medical costs for a little yeast infection action. It's not leather pants. She's wearing gaffer tape. Or duct tape, as they like to call it here in the United States. 
Yeah, yeah. gaffer tape is totally different than duct tape. Is it? Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. easy Ignorant. to rip. It's got sort of a fabric-y feel. It's doesn't it doesn't stick like permanently tape. to things. It is actually the best fucking tape they ever made. Yeah, it sounds like duct tape. Moving on! It made back 82 of the 100 oh, that's million. that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not good. Well, if they'd spent the money wisely, they might have made money on it. <laughs> so a rough cut of the trailer was put online for a few months before the film's release, and it drew such heavy criticism that all subsequent trailers did not feature dialogue. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's like uh, Sin City 2, a dame to kill for. And dialogue, not just like one-liners. There's, I think some of the TV ads had one-liners. She but probably looks at the camera and goes, Meow, There was times. no exchange. Yeah. 43 cats were trained for the film. Hmm. Only three made it out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how many lived? Uh, apparently one. Oh, you're what? No, oh, okay. but Halle Berry adopted one of them. Oh. An orange and wet. Orange and white youngster named Play-Doh. Play-Doh. That is a Peep lucky... Off. That is a lucky damn cat. And by the way, it's that's spoiled. complete fucking hearsay. You know, that cat yeah. probably eats Fancy Feast, like, every day. Or she probably out. left it in a parking lot. <laughs> on accident. And be like, oh my god, I'm so miserable. <laughs> and then, like, 30 minutes later, my ties. Yeah. Who knows? Or she still has the cat to this day, which would be 15 now. Are you going to get to the Razzie... Business. No, I didn't do any of the Razzie no. business. She won a Razzie. Yeah, she did. She accepted it. I mm-hmm. thought that that was sort of something everybody knew, though. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, she was. she's one of the only people to ever show up and accept a Razzie award and gave an acceptance speech, and it was quite good. Yeah. Mm. Is this available on YouTube? Yes. Okay. After reading the screenplay, director Pitoff <laughs> and... Jean Robas presented the producers an alternative version of the story that was refused using the argument argument that it was too artistic. What? <laughs> yeah. You know, is, yeah. I'm starting to get the warm and fuzzies about this movie, though, because it seems eerily simi- similar to a certain other superhero comic book character movie that was poorly received, directed by a French uh, 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 director, and uh, also was nominated for some Razzies, Punisher Warzone. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because these are American superheroes, and they're being directed <laughs> by the, the yeah, fucking Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to stumble on something that's awesome here, Catwoman. Well, not by the French. No. no I'm the telling Punisher you. and Catwoman both show us this. Punisher Warzone is amazing, Jack. It's amazing. You really missed out by not seeing that film. Mm-hmm. We will do an episode on Punisher Warzone. So, here's something that you can be. In life. Levy. Alex Green. The host of a shitty podcast. The Whip Master. Yes. Alex Green, the Whip Master. The Master of Whip. He's a Whip Master. Oh, he's the bad guy. Yeah, according to Alex Green, the Whip Master. No, he's a Whip Master. This is a profession. Oh, okay, okay. A master of using whips. Ah, so he's like a uh, technical advisor on this film. Yeah, well... Well, he does all the whipping in the film because you could, you could seriously injure somebody with a whip if you... What? We, Don't do it right. Yeah. Well, what I know, and what we will all know in a second, is that he was the person that trained Halle Berry, who apparently needed a week of 90-minute practice sessions every day before she was successfully able to crack a whip. What a tard. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Tough, Jackie. Tough love, Halle Berry. <laughs> no. This feature, this movie features both Sharon Stone and Benjamin Bratt, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, nice job on that one. Bratt considered was considered by the producers for the male lead of Basic Instinct Two. Okay, I can see that. Sure. 
But Sharon Stone allegedly vetoed his casting because she did not consider him to be a good enough actor. Uh-oh. His penis was too small. Isn't Beastie Instinct 2 and Razzy winner as well? I believe so. But, like, really, if you're Sharon Stone and you've been in a movie with Stephen Baldwin? Or no, William Baldwin. Yeah, not even the good ones. None of the good Baldwins. And you're in movies with them and you're like, brat? Not that guy. Woof. Yeah. Being Woof. a little picky at that point. She might be the female Keanu Reeves. I can't think of one movie where she didn't fuck it up. <laughs> other than look pretty, according to you. Well, I, when she was young, she looked pretty. I did an old... Best don't performance know. is in a movie called Action Jackson. Nice. Well, I, she did a good job. She's kind of pretty there. <laughs> fuck, what is that? That's not high praise. No. So Catwoman in most of the action sequences is actually a dude. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sharon Stone's cell phone rang in the middle of filming a scene. She took the call. Nice. <laughs> and uh, held it up for a while. Keep an eye out for Lambert Wilson or Lambert Wilson. You may remember him as the Frenchman in The Matrix. I would imagine yeah. that yeah. in this film he will also be playing a Frenchman. That could be. They apparently the, one of the producers was like, we could have had more money. Which they you needed mean, more than a hundred nope, million, nope. but apparently they pitched the uh, the treatment the same week that Batman Forever, like the same day that Batman Forever opened, and the producers knocked it down to a hundred million. Oh, God. <laughs> oh Jesus! So just imagine what it could have been. Could have been. Well, we will see what it is. Uh, unfortunately, it's not streaming on any that I know of without paying. Specifically for it, we have got it on DVD, believe it or not. You can buy it at any pawn shop in America for $1 or less. So, there it is. We will see you guys on Monday. Get to the chopper. Or the cat house. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Stinker Madness. If this is your first time, we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll come back to listen more. But now we'd like to ask all of our listeners for a small favor. We aren't ranking as high as we'd like, and we need your help. Would you please take just a couple of minutes to rate and review us on your preferred listening platform, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you can. It takes many hours each week to bring you this show, and just a couple seconds of your time is a huge help for us. And for those of you that have already done this, we say thank you. Dogman, you've done it again! The League of Extraterrestrial Bad Guys has been defeated! How on earth did you ever do it? I used the weapons... Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 We both fucked that up. You should go from your Dogman yeah. line. Yeah.